over the past um, weeks or days of um, la between last month and this month, we've been studying a very important topic or is an important subject and um, it's titled Tongue of Fire. Okay, so we had the first session by um, Sister Ronke Olatunji and it was really insightful, really powerful. I really gained a lot from that session personally, right? In which she talked about um, the Holy Spirit, she introduced the Holy Spirit and the subject of tongues, okay? The Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And we were able to learn that um, speaking in tongues is the first or the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit. And so everybody that receives the Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, if we check through scriptures, um, must have the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, there are various um, experiences and encounters people have had over the years in different parts of the world pertaining to receiving the Holy Spirit. And um, we can't, uh, because we are not present during the encounter, or we are not seeing, we can't really ascertain how true. Some people said they've received the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues. And um, I don't know how true that is. That's based on the scriptures. Um, when you receive the Holy Spirit, the way you know that you've received the Holy Spirit, something different from salvation, is um, by speaking in an unknown tongue. So that's mean of speaking in tongues. Not speaking in your local dialect, um, but speaking in an unknown tongue. The tongue will be unknown to you and we we saw that in scriptures on the day of pentecost that was the first release of the holy ghost after jesus christ said that he will send another comforter that means jesus christ was the first comforter we can um you, we can look at we can see and thank god the bible gave us records of the acts of jesus christ as the first comforter and then before he left knowing that we will not be able to stay alone without the help of the supernatural. He promised to send another comforter and he gave the scope of the comforter, even though it was a kind of limited scope because going forward, we could see that there was more to that personality, that comforter. And I'll have you know that the comforter is not just a force, it's not just um a thing he is the third person in the trinity so he's part of the godhead he is also god and um is the spirit of god sent to us to guide us into all truth and to let us know teach us things which we do not know that's a major responsibility of the comforter so everything he does is in the bid to teach us things we do not know and to guide us into all truth, all right? Giving us the gifts of the Spirit, giving us the power of the Holy Ghost, giving us gifts of speaking tongues and all, it's to guide us into all truth. And um, I believe that after this teaching, we would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And if we have had an encounter before, we'll have more encounters because um, if you've walked with the Holy Spirit for years now, you know that 
every at every point in time it, give, it leaves you in awe of the awesomeness of god by giving you by introducing you to encounters as um, you walk with the holy ghost so we saw salvation and the feeling of the holy ghost how that um, uh, salvation is the first step before you start talking about being filled with the holy ghost okay and at salvation, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit. Um, but when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are overwhelmed, overtaken by the Holy Ghost. It's like a well of water being baptized with the Holy Ghost, as the Bible will put it. And you know the scriptural way of baptism. I know there are a lot of erroneous ways of baptizing these days. But the scriptural way of baptism uh, is... Uh, that's water baptism is total immersion where you are totally immersed into a river and um, you are overshadowed by the water that's the scriptural baptism so this in the same way when the holy ghost when you are baptized in the holy ghost that means you are totally immersed in the holy ghost he overwhelms you and that's why you find yourself busting out in an unknown tongue, something you can't control. If it was, if it were to be something you would control, I'm sure a lot of us would have opted out, we would have just unsubscribed. Just like when you want to load data these days, they ask you, do you want a one-time um, subscription or you want an auto-renewal? A majority of us choose one time, okay? Because we know that when we have, we have their time now, and we wouldn't want them to just deduct our money on knowing based on how we manage our airtime and all. So some of us won't have subscribed for the for speaking in tongues if it were to be optional, but we are totally immersed, and the Holy Spirit takes over our spirits, and our spirits ministers through our tongue, and we find ourselves, or we hear ourselves, and people hear us speaking in another tongue. So that's like a river of water being overshadowed. And we also saw, as Sister Ronke taught us, that tongues are initial evidence. There are other evidences when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. But tongue is an initial evidence, the first evidence, in fact, uh, of receiving the Holy Ghost, as we see in scriptures. And uh, she taught us how we can receive the Holy Ghost, that it is those who hunger that receive. Uh, you know, contrary to some doctrines that say we must tarry to receive. And people pick that from the words of Jesus Christ to the disciples when he told them to tarry until they are in Ghost. Now, that was the first reception of the Holy Ghost on earth by other people apart from Jesus Christ. And so he needed them to tarry. All right. And another way for them, the, another reason for them to, to tarry was because uh, he could have given them before, the, before as he was leaving, to have fallen on them like the mantle of Elijah fell for Elisha. But he wanted them to tarry. And as they tarried, they are, you discover that there were things that they were able to settle in the midst of that tarry, where they were able to appoint somebody to fill the place of Judas Iscariot. And um, they were able to stay together in one accord, you know, to test uh, as a test of their sanctification. Because Jesus Christ prayed for their sanctification before he left. And that was supposed to be a test of their sanctification before 
they were endued with the Holy Ghost from on high. So hunger is one major thing that can grant you the Holy Ghost and faith. When you are hungry for it, God sees your heart, sees that you understand. Because the Bible says you do not cast pears to swine, lest they, they, they turn back at you and rent, you know, uh, and rent that pear and destroy everything. And even the owner of the pear, the person that gave them the pear. All right. So he wants somebody that understands the meaning of being baptized in the Holy Ghost, that understands the scope, understands the importance, and then hungers for it, longs for it. So that when he gives, such a person will cherish and know the purpose of um, being filled with the Holy Ghost. So faith is the sure way of receiving the Holy Ghost with your hunger for the Holy Spirit. Then she also explained the value of speaking in tongues. The value, the importance of speaking in tongues, which is another subject after you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you ask yourself, after I have spoken in tongues now, what is left? What um, do I need to do with this uh, strange tongue? Or with, instead of using the word strange, uh, I prefer unknown tongue bursting out of my mouth. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost for the very first time, uh, prior to then, uh, uh, some months back, think about um, about four months back before then, I gave my life to Christ. I consecrated, took the decision of consecrating my life to the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right in my room. Okay, and I acted in faith, confessed based on what I was taught in the church I attend. Okay, that's why it's good to attend the Bible-believing church where they teach you. So with time, you know what to do part time. When you want to give your life to Christ, you know how to go about it and all. So I gave my life to Christ. And after then, of course, I knew about being sanctified and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. But I, based on what I've heard so far, based on the teachings I must have heard, that we are not entirely accurate. I was calculating my baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, I've had some of our elderly ones say when they gave their lives to Christ, they got baptized after five years, after three years of tarrying for the Holy Ghost. You know, and if you look at the word tarrying, tarrying means waiting, waiting for the Holy Ghost. And that only applied when the Holy Ghost was to be launched to man, okay, for the first time aside Jesus. So they needed to wait. And now the Holy Ghost is already in, in, um, in our midst, in manifestation. So there's no need waiting. You pray until you receive. Pray and receive. That's a way of receiving. But I, I, all I had was tarry. And so I was calculating, okay, giving my life to Christ now, in the next five years or six years, I think I should, I should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Until I discovered I, I, a friend of mine, she... She also gave her life to Christ some months before I did, maybe like about two or three months before that. And uh, months after, maybe the next month, she told me that she was filled with the Holy Ghost. She had attended a prayer meeting and um, someone laid hands on her and then she received the Holy Ghost. And I was amazed, like, 
how come, how possible do you receive the Ghost within months, less than six months you receive? Is that a joke? Oh, it's supposed to be five years or six years. And so I began to question that, you know, and I discovered it was true. She was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so that's bet a hunger in me. I told God if she could um, receive, I can also receive. She could receive in less than six months. I can also receive. It was stopping me. So I began to pray, began to hunger, began to, um, you know, tarry. Even though I saw it as a competition then, I had, a, a, you know, I, I had the mind of receiving it as just receiving it. Since my mates are receiving it, why can't I receive it? And that was a wrong mindset. And thank God he was able to correct my mindset before I received and uh, that's why we have such teaching. It took a brother because the devil really had his, his way on me, tormenting me and telling lies to me that made me be, uh, doubt even my salvation. I began to doubt my salvation. Uh, the devil began to deceive me and, you know, kept on haunting me that I wasn't even saved. That I didn't go to a church. How would I just stay in my room and pray and expect that I'm saved? Now, I kept dealing with that. And because of that, I, it hindered me from even being filled because I wasn't even, I didn't even believe I was born again in the first place. I was only struggling and telling God and almost every time I was confessing my sins until somebody enlightened me through the word of God about salvation. And I saw I was saved. And that night after the enlightenment, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost still in my room. All right, so hunger brings about the Holy Spirit. And then the, the, the usefulness of the Holy Spirit is talking to God. You use, the, you, you know, you, you speak in tongues to talk to God. That's the usefulness of speaking in tongues. It's also for spiritual education as um, Paul made us understand the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that the Holy Ghost, uh, sorry, speaking in, you speak in tongues when you, when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself, all right? And also, it helps us to pray in line with the will of God. Because the Bible says, we do not know what to pray as we ought to. And that's why the Spirit helps our infirmities with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the Holy Spirit helps us. And groaning is not groaning in the flesh. It's not using words to groan you know, your normal language to grow. No, it's not changing from English to another language. Some people think um, when they change from English to Yoruba or Igbo and make it sound, uh, you know, traditional, it's equivalent to speaking in tongues. No, that's not it. All right. So God helps us through the, 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 the aid of speaking in tongues to pray in line with the will of God. As the Bible says, who understands this the, the, the heart of a man, the mind of a man, better than the spirit that is in that man. So you can't understand God better than the Holy Spirit. And that's why you need the help of the Holy Spirit to help you pray to God in a way that he would, um, he would answer speedily in line with his will. And this um, has brought us to today's teaching. This is the part three of Tongues of Fire. Um, you know, some people may wonder, why are you dwelling on 
the matter of speaking in tongues. Uh, you should just talk about the Holy Spirit and that should be it. And if you talk about speaking in tongues, you talk about it in passing. Why are you making a big deal out of it? It's not, a, it's not such a big deal. Well, um, the Apostle Paul dedicated the whole um, about 26 chapters to addressing the issue of speaking in tongues. So it's something that we need to look into. Right, first Corinthians chapter 14. If you look at verse 2 down to 28, he was talking about speaking in tongues, you know, a lot of things, a lot of issues around speaking in tongues, and that's our bedrock of speaking in tongues. If you want to really understand about speaking in tongues, which began in the New Testament era, then you have to consider the book of first Corinthians chapter 14, which we'll consider as we go along. Also in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 17, I want us to open to that. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. The book of Mark chapter 16, verse 17, uh, it says, um, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take out serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover, and on and on like that. So these are signs of them that believe, and those that we hear after believe, even after this teaching, all right? These are things, and part of those signs is the fact that they shall speak with new tongues. They will speak with new tongues. The Bible did not say just after you receive, immediately that day you receive, and that is it, no. They will speak with new tongues, okay, new languages. All right, so that's that's why we are talking about the Holy Spirit. If we can talk about laying on of hands, we can talk about other things. Then we can also talk about speaking in tongues. Moreover, like um, a, a minister, a very well-known minister in this part of the world. Um, Kenneth Hagin will say, you will never really begin to grow spiritually as you ought to grow until you are filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues. You will never grow spiritually. That's why you have a lot of people in the church, um, religious people. And of course, you will revert to being religious when you don't, when you are outdated in the things of the Holy Ghost. One of the, the moves of the New Testament era is, is the Holy Ghost. That's the birth of the New Testament era. Without the Holy Ghost, there is no New Testament era. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, which actually termed Acts of the Holy Ghost, is filled with people that started from the upper room, we are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then they began to manifest two signs and wonders according as the Holy Ghost gave them the ability, the power, all right? And uh, some, another minister said, you will only, if you are very diligent as a Christian, you can only fulfill 10% of your ministry um, without the Holy Ghost, all right? And we may say, where do we see that statistics? Well, it's a statistic, it's a fact. All right, Jesus Christ, when he started his ministry, he started with the Holy Ghost. After the baptism of the, baptism of the Holy Ghost, he, he, that's when his ministry started. And even though he has been on alive for about 30 years, 
all right, about 30 years without any miracle happening. On receiving the Holy Ghost, just in three years, he turned the world upside down after receiving the Holy Ghost. In three years. What he didn't do in 30 years. All right, so you can see the difference. I pray God will help us to understand that God will enlighten us in Jesus' name. So the, 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 the issue of speaking in other tongues is very vital. You edify yourself. And if you check the dictionary meaning of edification is building yourself. Like the Bible says, building yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what gives you confidence. Okay, sometimes we are weak, sometimes we are down, sometimes challenges come. Even as ministers, when you preach, when you are ministering, it's easier to minister. But when challenges come, you will see how it shakes some people to the root. But is this aid of praying in the Holy Ghost that helps us to be built again, to be developed again, to be strengthened by the Spirit in the inner man once again, you know, through the Holy Ghost? with the instrument of speaking in tongues. So when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, God gives us that gift, that energy to speak in tongues, all right? It's a, it's, it's a stored energy, like a potential energy. And when you harness it, when you harness it, you see things that begins to come up based on that energy. So if you want to really understand the value of speaking in tongues, you can refer back to the previous teaching on this page on the Facebook group, the Potter Facebook group. So as you understand the scope of um, speaking in tongues, then you know the value. But I like to tell us that the devil also understands the value of speaking in tongues. That's why he's in the business of twatting uh, uh, um, the, 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 the gifts of God to mankind, to his children. All right, the devil's business is to turn the things of God upside down. And when he turns it upside down, that's why you look at the world, you see everything is going upside down. All right, that is the work of the devil. And the devil does this, he fights these gifts by two ways one by corruption, another way by misconception through confusion. First of all, by corruption. So it corrupts this gift. That's why you can have instances of um, somebody in, with a witchcraft power also kind of speaking in an unknown tongue. Of course, not under the unction of the Holy Spirit. So you see witches in the church speaking in an unknown tongue. And because of this, that has gotten some people, a lot of people scared in this business, about this business of speaking in tongues. So some people don't even dabble into it. They feel if demons can do it, I shouldn't even get close. I don't know whether I may be speaking in tongues. I may be speaking as a demon. It may not be real. It may not be a tongue from the Holy Spirit. It may be from the devil. All right? But that shouldn't be so. You know, the devil also has a hand in prophesying. But that does not mean we stop prophesying. The devil has a hand in ministers of God. When the Bible recorded that as the sons of God gathered before God, the devil was also in their midst. As God will say, the devil also disguised as the angel of light. That doesn't make God to, to stop the ministry of business of angels so that the devil will not disguise. That doesn't make God to sack all the angels in the heaven because the devil has also started appearing as angel. No, 
we can only correct this. We can only correct the excess of the error or any erroneous doctrine as we also we, we, as we get what is real. Remember the case of um, Peter and um, Simon by Jesus, Simon the sorcerer, when he thought he could get the Holy Spirit um, by paying money. Peter said, your money perish with you. You have no lot and matter in this. And then Peter gave him a way out. He said, until you repent. So there's always a way out. We shouldn't just ignore the business of speaking in tongues because the value in speaking in tongues is much more than the perceived fear we have in speaking in tongues. I repeat that again. The value we get by speaking in tongues is much more and more valuable than the fears we have about those who speak in tongues. So we should have this at the back of our mind and get back to the business of speaking in tongues after we are baptized with the Holy Ghost. And are, the devil also does this by misconceptions. He puts some misconceptions out there. So there are some people who, based on these misconceptions, we go into error. And that's the job of the devil. He corrupts those that are existing, and he tries to prevent others from coming into that. So we have shortage of manpower in this world. We have people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, but there is no evidence, there's no proof, because they do not use the tool that God has given them in order to develop themselves. They are not edified. You have people that have tongue-talking, you know, spirit-filled people that are into error. Then you have people that are not tongue-talking, but they are spirit-filled. And so they are becoming more deadened in the spirit, in the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, and they are not manifesting. They are not really doing the work of the Lord because they are not harnessing this, this rare privilege of speaking in tongues. So we'll look at those some of those errors that the devil has brought this world so that not the right of the devil. That's the essence By the time we are well acquainted with some of these errors, when we hear them, we in case we are already we've already subscribed to some of these errors, we won't subscribe from them, you know, repent from them and follow the right way. And if we are already, there are people around us, we'll be able to put them right. All right. So we also see as time permits and as the Holy Spirit helps us, some excesses when it comes to speaking in tongues. Now, one of these errors is that um, some people think speaking in tongues is equivalent to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is equivalent to speaking in tongues. No, that's not it. The Holy Spirit is the third person in Trinity that infills an individual. Tongues is just an evidence. Starting from an evidence, and then it is a tool, it's a language that God gives us in order to communicate with God in which other people are not aware, even the devil. And that's the value of speaking in tongues because he knows that when you speak in tongues, he doesn't hear what you are saying. He doesn't understand the mystery you are speaking. The Bible says when we speak in tongues, we speak mysteries. Mysteries are things that are known to God only. And so the devil is not, uh, uh, you know, privy to this uh, information. That's why he fights it. So tongues is a, a separate body from the Holy Ghost. You don't substitute 
that's why those people that are teaching those how to speak in tongues, thinking that that's the way, that's the Holy Spirit, that's wrong. That's why some people teach each other how to speak in tongues. So the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity that comes to us, that helps us in our inner man. And then it gives us this gift of speaking in tongues as an evidence that we are filled with the Holy Ghost and as a means of helping us in our journey. Another misconception is that you aren't saved until you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. That is not true. The first evidence, uh, the first step before you start talking of being baptized, just as Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost, when people were beginning to say these people are drunk, he said these people are not drunk, but just as it was said by Isaiah in those days, that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and all that. And he said, the, the, the Bible said in the Old Testament, you had to like give unto you a new spirit and wash you. Okay, so first, it first starts to cleanse of salvation. And after salvation, you now get filled with the Holy Ghost. So if you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, that doesn't make you not to be saved. The Bible says, Without holiness, no man shall see, see the Lord. So what qualifies you for heaven is holiness, purity of heart, not baptism in the Holy Ghost. Baptism in the Holy Ghost only helps us as believers, as children of God, um, to, um, to really function as children of God right here on earth, to really function in dominion right here on earth. I hope you know that um, uh, um, as a child of God, you are a minister. Once you give your life to Christ, you become a servant of God, you become a minister, you are enlisted as one of the servants of God. So what, what is left is for you to begin to develop yourself, for you to begin to key into the area where you will be, where you will function. So you are recruited as a, a, a servant of God, a minister of God, when you give your life to Christ. Now where you function may, may vary. Where you function matters. You have to find out where you will function where God wants you to function. And what will help you in functioning properly, in finishing your work, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Another misconception is that tongues aren't meant for everyone, and that is a lie, all right? Some people use the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29 and 30 as their backup. Let's look at that passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the book of First Corinthians chapter 12, we have uh, Paul the Apostle talking about tongues. Do all speak in tongues? And people have um, misunderstood this context to mean that not everybody can speak in tongues. And they excuse themselves from tongues. Verse 29 says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. And so people misunderstand it. But if we back up a little from verse um, 28, you understand the, the, the basis. Okay, it's, it says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, second, really, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing helps government diversities of tongues. So he's talking about ministry gifts, okay? Not the 
speaking in tongues, the, 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 the prayer language, the tongues that God gives us as um, a means of communicating with God. Okay? That's not it. There's a difference between the ministry gift of diverse kinds of tongues and then speaking in tongues, which is the gift that God gives you when you give your life to Christ. There is a difference. All right? So, Paul isn't saying that everybody doesn't speak in tongues. So, of course, if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, genuinely baptized, you must be able to speak in tongues. So it's for everybody. Sometimes you seek to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you will begin to speak in tongues. Evidences are in the New Testament about those that received and were baptized. So tongues is meant for every Right. Another misconception is that you you can't pray in tongues at marriage. There's someone speaker that is on. Can you just um mute your mic so that um okay okay I guess I okay I guess I okay hello all right um I hope I'm still. The time is still on for me. Um, yes, sir. It's still on. All right. Thank you very much. Another misconception is you can't pray in tongues at will. And we see that defeated or defeated, defeated, refuted by Paul the Apostles when he says, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in my understanding. And I hope you know, praying in the Spirit, as some people will say, just to support their. Um, shyness from speaking in tongues. You are praying in the spirit. You can pray in the spirit without speaking in tongues. Um, that is not entirely true in the Bible. Praying is praying. When you are praying to God, you are praying to God. But when the Bible says praying in the spirit, it specifically means praying in tongues. All right, where the where the spirit helps you to pray, and where you have, uh, uh, you know, a prayer language. All right. And Paul said, I will pray, I will pray in the spirit. So that shows that he has a, a measure of control over it. I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in my understanding too. Just as you have, as you have uh, the, a control over praying in your understanding, if I, if I ask all of us to pray now, we don't sit and wait until there's a shaking before we start praying. No. Praying in your normal language. No. If I ask you to pray your dialect, some of you can pray your dialect very well. You don't need any manifestation to pray your dialect. Same way, when God, when you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and God has given you this gift, you can actually pray at will. All right? And when you pray at will, for those that really pray in tongues, you realize that when you pray and begin to pray in the Spirit, pray at will, it gets to a point where you now, the Holy Spirit now, hijacks the prayer and you you know that it is no longer at will again it's at the holy spirit's will all right so when you start you can initiate praying in tongues you can initiate it and if you just give your life you just say god baptized the holy ghost you may be muttering few words some people have been discouraged over time because they just mutter a few syllables and they are wondering how of course, when you pray in the Spirit, your understanding is, like the Bible says, it's unfruitful. So you can think. 
separate from praying in the spirit. That's why some people might think, I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, newly, and I began to speak in tongues out of my control. It was in the night, midnight, and I was at home. And I was speaking and I couldn't control the, the sound because that was the first time I couldn't control the loudness and everything. And I was thinking in my mind that what is all this? What's this embarrassment? Why, why am I shouting? How and I tried to stop, I couldn't stop. Okay, but I was thinking and I was wondering, God, what is this embarrassment? In fact, I had to pray, I, I was praying in tongues, and I was also praying in my mind that God, please, those that are sleeping in the house, because it was at midnight. Those that are sleeping in the house, shut their ears so that they don't hear me pray. That was another prayer I was praying in my mind. That's why the Bible says your understanding is unfruitful. So you can, you can think something separate from what you are saying. That shows that it is not, um, your mind is not the one producing those thoughts. Your mind is not the one producing the tongue. It's from your spirit, but you can pray at will. So you can, when you start those few syllables, as you pray consistently, you discover that you begin to pray more. You have more syllables in the spirit. You have more, you begin to pray more. You even discover that your tongue, your language change. You will know when your prayer language changes as you pray in the spirit. Those are steps and levels in praying spirit. And you also discover that if you pray your understanding, to connect spiritually, you know, there are times when you pray, you know when the Holy Spirit has actually taken over you. Even when you pray, you understand it. You know when it seems like you are overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit as you are praying, you understand it. You, like you have connected, you've hit something, all right? You know, if you are praying, you understand it, it takes time to hit that benchmark. And when you pray in the Spirit, it's, you, you hit there faster. Also, when you pray in the Spirit, you can pray lengthy. All right, then when you pray, you understand it. When you pray, you understand it. Before you even get to the holies of holies, you discover that you're already tired and you stopped. But praying the spirit, you can get to that height, that peak, where you even begin to grow in the spirit. You can get there faster. All right, so you can actually initiate the point is that you can initiate praying in tongues as well. And uh, another erroneous uh, misconception is all tongues are prayers. Not all tongues are prayers, okay? You have in the Bible where, um, I think it was in Ephesus, after Paul the Apostle laid hands on them and ministered, people came and gave testimony that they had them praying in tongues. That's in, as in, as, sorry, yeah. as they were speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a language that those around could hear. And they had, what they had was that they were praising God. All right, so you can praise God in tongues. There's also the place of prayer. And I've had testimonies of people that uh, they spoke in tongues. And when somebody with the gift of interpretation was able to interpret, you discovered that they were actually speaking to some people directly. God did it in such a way that somebody that could hear the language was in the congregation. And God wanted to speak with the person, to the person directly. And God spoke through the minister in an unknown tongue. And the minister was ministering to the person directly, not praying, ministering to the person directly. So not all tongues are prayer. And then there's another um, uh, misconception that tongue is just the ability of speaking in a foreign language. So some people go to learn foreign languages 
and they say they can now speak in tongues. That is also wrong. All right. You have tongues of angels, like Bible says, though I speak with in tongues of men and tongues of angels and I have no charity. I am a sounding brother, like a sounding brother, a tinkling simba. So that shows that there are tongues of angels. There are other tongues, and Bible says there are tongues that even the devil does not understand. All right. So um tongues are not just another language. So you don't just go and learn another language, learn Spanish or learn Hindu and start speaking and say you are speaking in tongues. No, it has to be initiated from within by the aid of the Holy Spirit, right? So these are erroneous doctrines that hinder some people from really flowing in, uh, in, in speaking in tongues. And of course, there are excesses to speaking in tongues, all right? There are a lot of excesses. Some people think when you pray out loud, that's when you are really connected. You get more power. When you pray in tongues out loud, you get more power. That's not true. It's not, you should know whether you are praying in tongues or you are praying in your understanding, that it's not by the loudness of your prayer. All right? Rather, it's your heart. God picks your prayer first from your heart. Once your heart is connected, even if you are praying in low tone, you can command a lot in, in that low tone. I've had instances where somebody was, you know, kind of, there was a kind of contention, somebody against myself, a kind of spirit of strife. And the person was just raining and shouting and all that. In my spirit, I just pray that God, every spirit of strife, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. And before you know it, the person began to lose interest in that shout. And before you know it, he stopped talking. So I didn't have to pray out loud. The same thing with praying the spirit. You don't have to pray very loud before of course there are instances where as you are praying loud it seems as if it's overwhelming but that's just our 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 physical feeling all right even at that moment if you reduce your voice and pray you will still feel the power of the holy ghost it's just about connecting with the holy ghost all right so and then those that do it without edification in the presence of those that are alert you go before someone that's a non-believer that doesn't even know about speaking in tongues. He's not yet born again and all that. And you begin to speak in tongues. And the person is wondering, is this person mad? Is this person drunk? So that is an abuse. That's like an excess in speaking in tongues. All right. Then also teaching people how to speak in tongues is an excess. After you receive the, the, this, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you can speak in tongues, you don't go about teaching people how to speak in tongues. No. Rather, you need them to receiving the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will give them utterance, speaking it up. And there are other excesses. But despite these excesses, I want to tell you that it is still very profitable when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and you begin, learn, practice, and develop your ability to speak in tongues. It edifies you, it builds you up. There are things that will be false. There are struggles that some people are struggling now just because, even despite the fact that they are born again, there are some secret sins they struggle with. There are some things they struggle with. There are, some, there are ways people struggle with understanding the scriptures just because they don't speak it up. I've had instances where I, 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 I was studying the Bible and some passages I couldn't really grasp and understand. They, they, they were kind of abstract to me. And then when I began to pray and pray in the Spirit, God began to give me, give me insight during the prayer. 
and I, light began to spring forth. I began to break forth into light. And I saw answers being manifested after such a thing. All right? There are instances where I pressed into, I wanted to know the mind of God. And as I began to pray in tongues, I began to understand the mind of God in that particular matter. So there are lots of benefits um, in speaking in tongues. Our time is fast spent. And um, I would like to invite you to come join me same time next uh, week as I teach you, uh, as we also look at the scope of speaking to. Now that we have seen the errors and we have seen the excesses, what is the scriptural way of speaking in tongues? We will look at the scriptures and see what is the what does the scripture say about speaking in tongues. I believe you have been blessed. I, I want us to just close our eyes as we tell the Lord that Father. In this teaching, I want to have an encounter before the end of this teaching. Tell the Lord that before the end of this teaching, this period of understanding these tongues of fire, I tell you there is a lot of benefits in speaking in tongues. And some of you will also begin to receive the gifts of diverse kinds of tongues during this teaching and diversities of tongues and interpretation of tongues during this teaching. And I tell you, there is a great purpose. When you speak in tongues, diverse kinds of tongues, and you can interpret it, it culminates to prophecy. And God will begin to do all these wonders and open us to these realms, even as we understand this teaching. I want you to tell God that you, it will help you. Those of you that have began to bury the aspect of speaking in tongues, that's why the fact that you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want to tell the Holy Spirit to help you. You can even start now to minister to the Holy Spirit in tongues. We begin to speak to the Holy Spirit in tongues. Tell the Holy Spirit to help you. That it will begin to develop you. That you are ready to start afresh with him. Those that are afraid that when they are speaking in tongues, the devil will speak with them. I assure you that the devil cannot speak through you. When you ask God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and give you that grace, that privilege of speaking in tongues, the Bible says, will you ask for bread and then give you a stone? Will you ask for fish and give you a serpent? And he says, if ye be evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father give you those things that are acts of him. And the Bible said in another, in another book that God actually meant the gift of the Holy Spirit, which he had promised. We are going to tell God, fill me up in the name of Jesus. Fill me up in the name of Jesus. Fill me up in the name of Jesus. Let In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we are free.